and we're live. It is Friday, January 18th of the year 2019. And, uh, oh shit, what episode is this? Is this episode 13? I gotta check now. Uh oh, I'm slacking here. This is Jack's Facts Podcast episode. Episode. Episode 13. Okay, we are on episode 13. Episode 13, I'm here with the boy B-Russ. Uh, we're going to talk about some hunting, some events that have been going on with politics, some ridiculous fiascos with sporting goods stores, and uh, I don't know, just whatever the hell else we decide to talk about. So, what's good, B-Russ? What's been going on, my dude? Nothing much, man. It's almost college grind, trying to graduate, make some money, man. Word, and I, I forget every time I ask anybody, but what are you majoring in again? Criminal justice. Criminal justice, word. And you yeah. plan on going into, you plan on doing like uh, like Secret Service type stuff, right? Big spooky military government spy first. man. Military first. Military is definitely a, uh, I don't even want to say a requirement, but I would say close to a requirement of like getting into the big DC criminal justice scheme. Definitely right. helps a lot being, right. I guess, technically a veteran. And what do you plan on doing with, with criminal justice in DC? Homeland Security, Secret Service. Just kind of doing something, something cool that I can be proud to say that I did. You should head up building the border wall, dude. Fuck it. I mean, I, I could probably do that. They're probably going to pay people so much money to do that. Oh, they're probably going to pay. I mean, it is going to be a nice government-funded job, so you know. Oh, yeah. Benefits, baby. Exactly. Come with a sweet benefits package, pension plan, 401k, all kinds of vacation time and whatnot. Okay. If you don't show up, well, you'll, you'll probably be all right. Um... Word. All right. Well, I guess we were going to start out talking about uh, hunting and some of the hunting podcasts we listen to from Joe Rogan and Cameron Haynes and Adam Greentree and uh, John Dudley, right? Yeah, the meat eater guy, um, Steve Rinella. He's a big one. Oh, shit. Yeah, Steve Rinella, too. Damn, bro. He does have a lot of hunters on there. It's always good stuff to listen to. All right. So, uh, I have never gone hunting. I would reckon to say that most of my listeners, at least thus far, have probably never gone hunting. So, uh,. I don't know, Beerus. Give us, give us the breakdown of some hunting. Give us, give us your perspective on what it's like out there. Because to me, it's always super cool. Like you're, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I was gonna say it's kind of like hunting a human in their home, but it's an animal in their home. But it's probably not the same at all. It's, <clears throat> it's definitely a feeling that you could not get doing anything else. Like, I played sports my whole life. I've had a ton of big plays, big adrenaline rushing moments, and there's none that compares or comes close to when you be, are able to go out in the middle of nowhere and just... It, it really happens when you're looking at something for so long, you're just looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and then all of a sudden, bang, there it is. The silence, the stillness is broken up by something, and you get the shakes, and then you're able to harvest that animal, and then the work begins dragging it out, processing it. It's definitely something that I think everyone should feel at least once in their life. Yeah, I mean, shit. I worked, like, I worked on a farm when I was, uh, like, 14, 15, 16 on, uh, you know, Lee, our boy. Uh, Fulton okay. Lee, shouting him out right now. If you haven't heard his music, go look it up on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever streaming service you may have. He's got some uh, amazing bops coming out. But his dad decided one day that he just wanted to start running a farm with like pigs and chickens and hens that lay eggs and all cows and all kinds of shit. So uh, over the summer, you know, we would just kind of volunteer our labor over there as something to do and, you know, just to have some fun afterwards, we could all hang out. And um, 
you know, with cows and pigs and so forth, you have to send them away to the butcher to get processed and so forth. But chickens, as long as you're within, um, I don't know if it's FDA, I, I would assume it's FDA, but as long as you're within whatever standards of like hygiene and so forth, you can actually butcher and process and package them on your farm. So like we would get these chickens in and uh, they're different than egg laying hens. They're called broiler chickens. So they grow up to full size in eight weeks. Jeez. And uh, yeah, yeah, those are these genetically modified birds and they're so dumb because they grow so fast that their oh, brains yeah. don't have time to develop. So they're just like these massive fat walking blobs of incompetence. Pretty but uh, yeah, so you grow them up to full size in eight weeks and then you cut their necks and drain them and pluck them and gut them and everything. And it's, it's definitely an experience to like feel the life leave something for sure. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it may be a little bit different shooting it than like cutting it with a knife, but I'd imagine it's probably a little bit different when it's a bigger animal as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have you gone hunting style. for like smaller animals? Like, have you gone squirrel or bird hunting or anything mm -hmm. like that? It was squirrels and birds. I've never been uh, like duck hunting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's a whole other different like type of feeling you get when you do that. Really? But because yeah, because yeah, like I've been you know fishing plenty of times, caught plenty of fish, and whenever you catch a fish, it's like it's exciting, but it's not like. Uh, nerve-wracking, I guess, in the way that I would expect hunting to be. Oh, hell no, yeah. It's just, you see it and it's, you're in a different world, is the best way to put it. You're in this zone. Still hunting anyways. Dog hunting is something that I was introduced to when I came down to college. That's a whole other different thing. A whole other crazy different ball. And that's game. using dogs to flush out the, uh, the animals, right? Yeah, the dogs just pick up the scent, and the dogs will stay on the scent and run it and just pretty much chase after the deer until the deer runs in front of somebody, and they shoot it. So are the dogs, a, so are the dogs like, trained to, like, run in a certain way to draw the deer back to you? No, uh, you gotta... You, oh, you just have to fucking you run gotta, fast. You line it up, and then just set up... Got probably about 20 to 30 guys are just set up in a line, and it runs. Most of the time, they know where the deer are going to run. Right. Like a valley or a culvert pipes are a big thing. Those are set up on a culvert pipe, and they do usually run to that. And what's a culvert pipe? Just a big pipe that runs under a road. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Word. Yeah, so there's that, and then still hunting is just uh, like what most people would think of when mm -hmm. it's hunting. It's just sitting there waiting and watching. So what's like the average weight of a deer that you get around here? I'd imagine like 200 pounds or so? Or is that, that like no. a big deer? A big a big deer is probably 180 plus. Oh okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're lighter I, than I thought they'd be. Oh yeah, when you gut them, they're probably the first deer. I killed one deer this year that got a uh, hit by a car mm -hmm. or some sort of uh, mangled, so I couldn't walk. It was limping and gipping around everywhere, and so I shot it, and uh, it ended up it was a yearling. I knew it was a yearling when I shot it. But it was definitely something that an injury didn't look like it was recovering from, and it was definitely suffering. Right. And a yearling, I'm assuming by the name, is just a deer that's only been alive for like a year or two, just a super yeah. young deer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were, uh, a couple of buddies and me were driving one night, and we actually wound up hitting a deer just like on the corner of his car, and we had to hop out, and yeah, we had to put a knife in its neck because it was, it was not coming back from the, uh, yeah. the injuries it had sustained, unfortunately. We weren't going to leave it on the side of the road there alive. So, yeah. you know, it's like that sometimes. That deer probably weighed about 40, 35 pounds, 40 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And that's uh, that's one thing that gets discussed on those podcasts with Renella and Green Tree and uh, Haynes and Dudley all the time. Came huge. Came huge on that. Yeah, definitely. It's just, yeah, the massive population of these white-tailed deer. At least, well, maybe not even white-tailed, but just deer all over. In Virginia specifically, it's the white-tailed mm -hmm. deer. 
I mean, I don't know if you listened to that one podcast, but they were listing off the statistics for uh, like the top 10 states of getting hit by a deer. Yeah. And they went bottom to top and it's like one in 126, one in 116, one in like 102, one in 86. I think the closest, the second one was like one in 76, which means like one out of every 76 times you're driving around in your vehicle. Like statistically speaking, you're going to hit a deer. Yeah. And then Virginia was number one, and it was one in every 36 times you're in the vehicle. So, I mean, if you've been driving around for more than, like, two years in Virginia and you haven't hit a deer, then you should probably consider yourself very lucky and blessed. Absolutely. Because, yeah, dude, I mean, shit, there's been nights where I've been driving home and I've seen, like, five, six deer in, like, a five-mile span. Mm-hmm. In Loudoun County, they're pretty – might be Fairfax, too, but they're just deer extermination. The season up there – Season. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Up here, where I live here in Loudoun County. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's where I'm talking about. I've seen so many more deer up here than even down in Falk Europe, which is kind of crazy because there's a lot more, like, woods and nature out there. But I guess up here they're probably getting driven out by all the uh, yeah. construction and development. Yeah. Up there this season, last, you could hunt, I think last year was March 23rd, you could hunt with a rifle. To ki- but does only because they wanted you to kill does, which I guess would be pregnant with other deer, and they don't want you to. Kill a pregnant bucks that aren't big because that hurts the state's hunting reputation. So they would rather you kill a pregnant doe than a younger buck. Fucked up, isn't it? I mean, not really when you look at the population scale, but like ethically, just at a just at a base like stance of like the statement. Yeah, it sounds kind of fucked just, up. Yeah, in the long run, I guess it's what needs to be done, but everyone's gonna have their different opinions on it. I think. I mean, when you look at the sheer damage that the deer are costing. The people, the citizens of Virginia, then mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, it's probably definitely, <laughs> definitely worth it. Hell yeah! I just and feel uh, like it would be disturbing as shit to be gutting this deer, and then all of a sudden, a little deer fetus falls out, and you're like, oh fuck! Like that's ugh. yeah, not, not what you want to see, no. I guess. I'm yeah. pretty sure deer might be. I don't know when deer are born, but I'm pretty sure last year in the late May. I jumped, I was just walking through the woods, not even the woods, just my girlfriend's backyard, which is kind of wooded. Right. We jumped up a deer, and it was old enough to be able to just run. So I guess deer would be about a month and a half, or a month away from being born. You need to be able to harvest, or pretty much have an abortion on that deer. Get <laughs> the deer in an abortion, little deer abortion, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much, man, yeah. Jesus. All right, Um. what's like the biggest animal you've gone hunting for? Just deer, or... Have you gone, like, bear hunting or elk I hunting or all crazy shit? Bear. I've had, definitely had confrontations with bear that I did not like. Um, oh, yeah? What happened? Just, I think it was opening day. It was either opening day of the day or after opening day last year during bow season. Face-to-face with big old fucking black bear? Yeah, oh, you go bow hunting? Bear. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Have you ever gotten anything with a bow? I killed a real big buck uh, yeah. last year with my bow. And how long have you been bow hunting? Two and a half years. Word. Yeah. Last year, real early season, the day of, or the day after opening day, mm-hmm. I was walking down this trail, and uh, I jumped a deer, and it ran away, and I could see it was a deer. And then I would start to keep going down the trail to where the tree stand was, and I jumped something else up, and it starts running. And I can hear it run about 10, 15 yards and stop. So I go, like, running after it, ready for it. To be a deer, not running after it, but like trying to put a right. stalk on it, I guess. And uh look up and 10, 15 yards, black bear just staring at me. And it was probably the most terrifying experience 
ever. Yeah. I bet something. it felt really good to have a gun in your hands. <laughs> I had a gun in my hand. I just had a bow. Oh, shit. That's right. You're fucking bow hunting. Uh, then, yeah, I bet that's probably one of the most terrifying things that can happen. What happened? Did it just, like, turn around and scamper off, or did you just get the fuck out of there? what felt like. I swear, it was, well, I was face-to-face for five minutes, but it was probably, like, two seconds. <laughs> it was probably, like, tw- 10, 15 seconds, but, dude, I can imagine it feels like an hour when you're just looking at that fucking thing in the eyes, like, all right, who's going to move I, first? Who's making the first move here? Yeah, I was not, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to turn around. I thought if it kills me and I do nothing, then I didn't do anything wrong, I guess. But if I made a move and made it kill me, my mom would probably get pissed off that I ran away. <laughs> something like that. Because they'd definitely be able to tell that you made the first move. <laughs> if I, I could probably go up to a bar and get in a fight with a rock or have someone besides the world's strongest man could walk up to me and punch me in the face and I wouldn't be as scared. Then I, when I saw this bear. Yeah, because a bear is a wild fucking animal. I don't know. At least with a person, you're like, all right, like I at least know what this thing is. A bear, yeah, you're, you're just like, oh, this is, I know that this is a bear, but that's about all I know. Like, fucking fuck. terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. We used to have a, uh, when I lived down in the middle of fucking nowhere in uh, Summer Duck there, we used to have a bear that would, uh, it would just like come and fuck up our trash sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one day I remember I just, we were like all sitting in the house and we used to just let our dogs out and they'd run around and they'd come back in. And she's just out of the front yard, like, just barking up a storm. And we're like, what the fuck? And so we, like, looked out there, and we couldn't really see her. And she's just still, like, and all of a sudden, we see her, like, kind of walking around the front of the house. And she's probably about 10 feet behind this massive, this is, like, a little, I don't know, she's probably about a foot and a half, like, two feet max off the ground, like a 35-pound, like, pit bull mutt. Uh And she's just barking. At this massive, like, 400 fucking pound black bear that's just, like, looking back, like, fuck off, and just, like, trotting along our yard and be like, ah, fuck, like, get in here, dog, you're gonna get your ass eaten. But, uh, that's about the closest I've ever come to a bear. Yeah. I like to go on an elk hunt with a bow, like, uh, all the big boys out west, too. Cam and Joe and all them. You said you would, sorry, repeat that? like to go elk hunting, like, out west without Cam and Joe. Oh, yeah, dude. Every time they talk about the hunting, I just, yeah, I always get, like, that feeling. I'm like, fuck, like, I need to go, like... It's a prime... Like, harvest my own animal, exactly. It's it's in everybody, man. It's in everybody. I wouldn't say it's in everybody. I feel like there's quite a few weenies out there that, uh... It's not (laughs) not so much in. Yeah. Not so much in. All right, fuck. Let's see, uh... Let's see what else we got going on here. So, this Dick's Sporting Good fiasco... Oh, fuck. Yeah, elaborate that... Elaborate on this again? So, for the uh, for the uninformed, because I haven't even heard of this. Normally, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good about, about being up on modern events. Yeah, it was it was more comical than anything else. There was commercials on ESPN and stuff like this. You could go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy these green shoelaces. Pretty much like if you bought like a a wristband or something like that, and then a certain proceeds would go to a certain amount of the proceeds would go to the fund or the cause that it's trying to support. So these shoelaces. If you buy them in certain, probably a dollar would get donated to save and fund youth sports. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, every, everything needs money. That's how this world works. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of, bunch of fucking, I guess, don't want to stereotype or generalize, but you could make a pretty good assumption that a bunch of liberals were get pissed the fuck off about this fucking thing that a dick sporting goods was trying to fund sports. Because they wanted... They said that their point was that art needed art, music, stuff like that needed more money. Right. Which I'm sure it did. 
but I'm sure Guitar Center could sell strings or something and do the exact same right. thing. So instead of just... Which would make a lot more sense for an artistic company, like a music company, to be funding a music program that just than a sports company to stop funding a sports program and to yeah. begin funding an art program. Yeah, it was a When big it's literally thing. in the name of the store that it's a sporting goods store. Just like most things, it got big real quick and then people realize, hey, this is dumber than hell. Shut the fuck up because we're tired of listening to you. Right. And uh, it ended It ended pretty quickly, but it definitely got big. Yeah, that sounds about as ridiculous. I was trying to look up a headline. I couldn't find anything real fast, but it's all it's all about like the gun controversy about how they stopped selling. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even know what the gun controversy is with Dix. Let's see. We took a stand against guns. What are they going to stop selling anything? Oh, yeah, stop selling military-style rifles like the AR-15. Yeah. Uh, was instantly powerful, dominating the news cycle. Uh, Ray Johnson's the Parkland shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Of the hundreds of thousands of Irish titles sold each year in America, or purchased at big box merchandisers like Dick's. Okay, so 12% of those types of rifles are sold at stores similar to Dick's. We're not getting the actual statistics that it's sold from Dick's, but... I don't know. I mean, they're a private business. They can do whatever the hell they want. I think it's dumb if they're yeah. going to stop selling guns like that. But apparently they've bumped up uh, ammo sales as well to 21. You can't buy any sort of ammunition there. Uh, yeah. my, my little brother, who's 19 right now, went in to buy some rifle rounds. I think some 5.56s for his AR, and they wouldn't sell it to him because he didn't have a 21-year-old ID. Walmart's He's like, like well, that, congratulations on losing all my business. Hmm? Walmart's like that. Walmart's yeah. like that. Yeah, they are. Which is, uh, I think Trump. that had something to do with Trump because Trump came out. And uh, he kind of, he went definitely against right idea thinking with uh, a couple things. He, uh, he didn't believe in trophy hunting or uh, hunting being conservation. He didn't believe in that whatsoever. Really? And then... Uh, and how do you mean, like, how do you mean that? Because I didn't even know anything about that. I know that he, uh, he pushed forth yeah. for the uh, ban on bump stocks, which I'm like... I don't know, kind of on the fence about, because, you know, it's like, it, it's uh, a bump stock, for those who don't know, is a modified stock that you're able to attach to an AR-15 type weapon, which is just a style of rifle, and when you attach it to it, um, and you're shooting it, typically an AR-15 that gets sold is semi-automatic, and semi-automatic means that you have to pull the trigger fully, and it will shoot one round, so, you know, you pull the trigger, it goes bang, and then you have to release the trigger, it'll go back, the round ejects, it puts a new round in, and then you have to pull the trigger a whole separate time before you can shoot another round. Whereas yeah. fully automatic is you just hold the trigger and it goes bop, 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 and will shoot off the whole clip until it's out, or the whole magazine, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, until, you know, it's run out and then, you know, you have to reload or whatever. But uh, with the bump stock, it's an attachment where if you hold it a certain, like, you have to hold it a special way, but it, the way that it works, it has like this, uh, it's oh, kind of like, pressure. hmm? forward pressure like you push your pull the gun forward and it uses the recoil to just you pull the gun forward okay so then you know how it works better than i do go ahead and explain then yeah okay so it's pretty much this thing where um you can actually hold the bump stock and it'll move back and forth right yeah i knew that it's a thing where like you hold it and it'll move the gun back and forth in a way where if you hold your finger in the same place it'll just tap the trigger and essentially yeah. turn it into a fully automatic weapon to give you the experience of yeah. shooting a full auto yeah, I definitely think that if you have a bump stock on a gun, it should be considered a, a fully automatic, automatic weapon. weapon. Absolutely, right. I mean it is. I mean, yeah, it become it legitimately becomes one. So I can yeah. agree to that as well. And 
you know, there's definitely a lot of extra, um, I don't know if it's just like a time wait that you have to go through or like uh, extra background checks or what it is to get approved to uh, purchase fully automatic weapons. Yeah. You could do it, but yeah, I mean, I... It's a bitch. Yeah, I can imagine. But, you know, it should be. So, that's this Trump thing. Trump came out against them. He did two things. He uh, talked about how Cam Haynes posted this Instagram photo and it was Trump came out and said word for word... I don't see how killing animals is helping conserve them. Ah. Which, it's not. If you take it down to the bare bones, I if mean, I you're... shoot a deer, I'm not helping save that deer's life. Correct. Obviously. So, instead of Trump being like, all right, fuck these hunters, they're against what I'm saying, he took on Cameron Haynes, and now Cam Haynes has a executive position. He's in charge of, uh, I'm not sure if it's his exact title, but he... Pretty much. Oh, that's right. He's like working in the fucking White House now, exactly. isn't he? Yeah, he, he. I don't know if he has an office in the White House, but he definitely has a position of power where he helps conserve and gets public land. Right. And um, just I guess. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. A very very high up game warden is what he'd be considered. Right. That sounds really demeaning, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Right. Yeah, and one thing that uh, Cam Haynes and Joe Rogan. I listened to a podcast. One of them, they have a bunch together, but I listened to one of them, and they were talking about how hunting is conservation, and the, the way that is, is for people who don't know, is hunting kills trophy hunting like in Africa. We'll just bring that up, because that's the main big thing that everyone has a problem with. Is right, like killing tigers, or not tigers, yeah. like fucking lions, just the yeah. big game that's endangered over there. Elephants, tigers, I don't know what the fuck else, but giraffes maybe. Shit, Shit like that, yeah. What they do is... Rhinos, there you go. They go over there, and it's not like they're just having a free-for-all shooting shit. People come over here, pay thousands. Like, I think an elephant is... $500,000. Yeah, a fuck ton. I believe, yeah, I mean, I believe it's at least, in a, it's at the very minimum in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's a different world over there. It's not like we have elephants roaming here. We have, over there, they have... It's a primal culture. They have gardens. They grow their own stuff, and elephants and other animals destroy that. So they go over there, and they'll harvest the elephant that's a problem. Or they'll harvest the real old dude who uh, can't reproduce anymore, who's just torturing other animals and bullying the young ones because he feels inferior to them. They'll go over, harvest that, get that one out of herd, and then they also supply money to these foundations that keep them alive. Right. Not only do they so keep them alive, but they breed them and sustain them and try to bring back their whole population. So, you know, exactly. you go over there and you'll kill, exactly, you'll kill the one problem lion or the one problem rhino or elephant or whatever the fuck it is, but then you're also dumping 500 grand into this sanctuary that breeds elephants and now has $500,000 over in Africa, which is significantly yeah. more than $500,000 would go in America in its American yeah. dollars. So, I mean, and yeah. Obama did, Obama put this ban on bringing trophies back over. So if you went over there and shot an elephant, you couldn't bring the head back over. You couldn't bring it back. So he put this ban on this. And what that did is it completely wiped out this um, reservation. Right. Huge, massive reservation. And that people stopped going over there. So all the employees were out of jobs. So one, there's bad employees. People don't have jobs. So then the poachers came in. And that's where shit gets fucked up is because these people aren't be the animals aren't being protected from poachers. Right. So Well they try to, but I mean they're poachers and they're just breaking the law, so they don't give a fuck about yeah. what you're trying to yeah. do. 
So there's no one stopping these poachers. So I think it was 6,000 elephants were killed. Obama put this ban on it, and it went up to like 28,000 elephants Holy were killed. Holy fuck. Yeah, so hunting is actually illegal. Correct hunting is killing less animals than if there was no hunting. Because people are going to do it. It's just how they do it. Right. You know, right. Well, I mean, so shit. Yeah, man. I mean, if you're over there and you don't have any money, and your maybe your garden didn't turn out this year, or you just like haven't had an animal that you've killed in a couple of weeks, and you're fucking starving, so you get you and eight of your buddies, and you're like, "Hey, we gotta eat, bro. Let's go mark an elephant or some shit." I mean, yeah, you know, when yeah, and then times get trying, you will uh, you will do some extreme measures. And just recently, Trump uh, lifted that ban, so now you're allowed to bring back all your stuff, which I'm sure is gonna open up the flow of people going over there and that reservation will open back up I would assume for sure it would yeah absolutely yeah that's one thing that I was always like on the fence about until I heard it explained like that I didn't realize that so much money got dumped into it and you know so much fucking money it's insanity yeah and I mean you know we're kind of just like rehashing ideas that have already been discussed by other individuals but I feel like it's good because even though you know we may know that this has already been discussed and hashed out by other people who are probably more knowledgeable in it than you or I Oh, you know, we're still bringing it to an audience of people who may not have listened to this podcast at all, may not have listened yeah, to this. So. That's the thing. If you were to tell somebody, like, hey, this guy killed a lion, go, oh, how dare he kill a lion? Right. But they have no idea. Just I'm sure there's, that goes with everything. Face value of it looks bad or it looks good, but when you dig into it, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is the main thing about hunting, is that people just see how bad it could be, but dig into it, it's good. Right. Well, especially in like places like Virginia, where there's such a massive deer population. I mean, just going back to the deer population here, it's so massive that like, I mean, aren't there deer that just like run around and starve because they can't even find any fucking food? Or am I just making that up to justify my point here? Deer can eat. I mean, they can eat. I I don't know. I've never seen a deer die. Okay, then I'm probably just fucking pulling that out of my ass to try and make it sound like I'm making a good point here. So completely disregard what I just said there. But if if they're around grass, then yes, but. They definitely need more sufficient nutrition, sufficient nutrition than just grass. I mean, that would be like a human eating lettuce every day, you know. We need meat. Your body right. needs meat, you know. Yeah, it's got iron. It's got B12. It's got those necessary fats. It's got what, uh, L-arginine or L-cardinine or whatever type of uh, chemical in there that helps severely combat like depression and like just helps kind of stimulate your whole body in a positive kind of way and whatnot. What kinds of those essential amino acids and uh, stuff like that, you know. Mm, yeah. We can uh, get into veganism if you'd like right now. We can save that for later. <laughs> what do you got to say about veganism there, B-Ross? I don't know. It's, it's a bunch of shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was talking to my buddy about this earlier, and it's like one of those things where, on the whole, I think that veganism is BS. Oh, I did want to talk about this fucking, have you seen this new, the newest, like, PETA ad that they've put out? No. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to send this to you. And I realized that every time I've said I'm going to post links in this podcast description, I haven't done it so far. So I'm actually going to try and remind myself this time to do it and add that link into the uh, the bio there. So BRS, please help remind me at the end of this podcast when we wrap up. But this ad, what it is, is it's, it's uh, by PETA and it's captioned and it says traditional with quotes around it, it says traditional masculinity is dead. Uh, veggies help improve uh, sexual stamina. And literally this entire video is like these men kind of like standing up, just dancing, like with their arms out, just pelvic thrusting, right? And they're fully clothed. Uh, 
but they have like a giant vegetable and fruit cock and balls on them. Like this one dude has like this massive fucking like foot and a half long watermelon with like some cantaloupes around his shit and like the little the little greens of the watermelon just like have this thing flop around like he has this massive hog, right? So the guy's like this giant zucchini and a cucumber with all this ridiculous shit. And it's so just like, it's the most baffling commercial. And it's like, okay, if you're going to say the traditional masculinity is dead, why would you put out a bunch of dudes flopping around their massive fucking hogs? Like, that's the most traditionally masculine thing you can get guys to go, oh, fuck yeah, big dicks. Like, what are you doing? It was just, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I think the, the most thing that pisses me off about veganism is the trendiness of it. Because people think going vegan or going vegetarian is a trend. And I might see this more because I'm in college and you got people that come here and they go independent and they think all this new in the world that is just coming to them is correct. So some girl, Emily, will say, oh, well, hey, I'm going to be a vegan. And then fucking... And then you see her three weeks later and she looks like she doesn't have any nutrients in her body and you're like, good God, please eat some, eat some iron and some vitamin B. Like, you need it. Yeah. So then, yeah, Samantha will be like, oh, I'm going to go vegan. And then people just, they just vegan because they think it's cool or they think it's trendy, you know. Instead of actually looking into it and being like, hey, this is a proper decision for me. Because if they did that, they would not be vegan. <laughs> it's just facts. I mean, just vegan diet is not good. Yeah, I won't. I mean, I don't know. Like, there are some people that it is beneficial for, like Lee. You know, Lee, he, oh, yeah. uh. With dietary restrictions. Right, he doesn't eat. He doesn't eat vegan. I mean, he does eat eggs, but other than that, you know, he eats like eggs, quinoa, beans, spinach. Uh, because like a couple other things, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's what he can eat, and it's sustainable, and it definitely works for him. Like now, he's healthier than I've seen him. <coughs> Excuse me, like the past year and a half or so. And again, granted, it's not vegan. It's got eggs in there, but uh, yeah, I think that fucking twelve, twelve eggs a day easily. At least, yeah, but. <clears throat> I think you're right in that the trendiness of the vegan and vegetarian diet is overrated. And not only that, but th- this was nothing that was discussed by Cam Haynes or one of those dudes, is that the whole, like, farming process kills so much small game in and of itself just through the harvesting process of those vegetables. Because, you know, they roll through these fucking 200-acre fields with these massive combines that just go... Like these giant blades that you know rip out these vegetables, and you don't think a couple rabbits and shit get chopped up in there during the whole thing? Like, come on, dude. And uh, one of those guys, um, I think Cam Haynes. No, I wasn't Cam Haynes. One of those guys was talking about it, and they were talking with a soybean farmer, Mm -hmm. and he was like, "To make this tofu, do you know what I have to do? That every vegan would be totally against." He's like, "I have to obviously, like you said, fuck everything up. That's all my land." And apparently soybeans are very, very, very touchy-feely and sensitive. Mm-hmm. The ones you make tofu with, mm-hmm. I guess, like, normal, like, farm beans, soybeans are, you can just throw them out there and they'll grow. Right. Not literally. But I know what you're saying, yeah. Very hard to kill. Yeah, the, the specific tofu soybean is very, very sensitive. So these soybean farmers will hire people to just go out there and shoot anything that moves. Squirrels, rabbits, no birds. So there's probably literally blood on these beans that are being used to wow. make tofu with. Wow, I don't I don't recall that portion, but I mean I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, someone put that up and 
I looked it up on uh, YouTube, just like um, soybean farm population control. Right. And this guy had a uh, 22250. He just sat in the field and he killed like nine squirrels and three crows. It's, you can look that one up on YouTube. Yeah, I'll try, to, yeah I'll try to find a link for that one too. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and make this a fucking kind of note no. for these links here. Let's see. We got what? Uh, soybean population control link. Control link, and then we have PETA dick flopping link. That's the second one. All right, so we got two. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't doubt that that's absolutely the thing that has to happen. You know, farming is definitely a uh, when you're growing vegetables and fruits and shit. We used to, when I was younger, we would go over to our neighbor's house and we had a like a 40 foot by 20 foot probably garden that we would grow every year. We grow like peppers and peas and potatoes, corn, um, melons, squashes, like just all kinds of different shit in there. And uh, yeah, like every year we'd have to put out, we used, um, we actually always used humane traps that would just kind of like trap the animal in a cage and keep them alive so we could get rid of them later. We may have just shot them once we caught them, who knows, but depending on the animal that it was. But yeah, I mean, there was always like a possum or a raccoon or something that would just run in there and fuck it up. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, if you want to eat, you know, you got to protect your shit. Yeah, it's just amazing. It just it seems like the the people who are getting into the vegan and vegetarian lifestyle, not for dietary purposes, but just for the sole fact that it's trendy and they want to feel like they're doing something good for the environment, only look at like uh, first order. I I think that's the right term. Is like first order effects, like the immediate thing, like oh, I'm eating a vegetable and I'm not eating an animal, so therefore I'm saving an animal's life. Whereas they don't go into the second and third order effects, where like the second order may be like, oh, this farmer has to harvest all of his goods at the end of the season, which then, you know, yeah. the combines will go through and kill all of the small game, like mice, rats, uh, rabbits, you, whatever the fuck else is living in their gardens. They run off and get fucked up off that. Right, exactly. And then, uh, you know, the third order, which may be like just that farmer sitting out in the field and popping, you know, squirrels and crows and shit with this 22. Yeah, it's... I challenge any vegan that listens to this to actually take it back to the very, very beginning of your food's process and try to find somewhere where an animal was not harmed. And unless you do it yourself or it's your neighbor down the street named Joe or someone who does it very, very locally, if any commercialized thing that you're going to buy at Whole Foods, there's an animal, an animal is getting hurt and population of animals being harmed unethically Fact. somewhere along the line. Fact. Dude, this is going to sound like some weird hippy-dippy bullshit probably, but I feel like that everybody should start growing their own food more, at the very least just to supplement what it is they do buy. Because it just I always feel like it's so much better for you. Like, I remember when we used to eat that shit at the garden, like, it always just, it tasted better, it, like, felt better when you ate it, it just felt so much more fulfilling, and it, I don't know whether that's just because, like, you're the one that had to put the effort into the whole process of, you know, like caring for it and planting it from a seed like and a placebo you know, effect or something like that. having it huh like a placebo effect right exactly yeah i don't know if it's like a placebo effect or whether it's legitimately because like you know plants are living things and not only do they communicate with each other but they can yeah. communicate with their environment i'm sure so i don't know if like you being the individual to go out there and like tend to it and you know some people like talk to their plants or whatever but you're just like you or your group of people are the people that are interacting with these plants. So I don't know if that like maybe forms some kind of like bond with these plants. Cause it's like I said, it's like a living fucking thing. And you know, you can form a bond with a dog 
or a fucking like just animals that live around your land. Like you can develop a quote unquote relationship with them in a way that like, you know, it can be mutually beneficial or they just know to stay the fuck away from your land because you'll fuck them up or whatever it is. But, you know, regardless, if there's an understanding between you and whatever that other thing is, then by definition, that would be considered to be a relationship. So I don't know if, you know, the plants just decide like, oh, like this is my dude that's, you know, planting me. Like I just, I'm going to size him up with some more nutrients or what. Like I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sure that sounds ridiculous, but I'm, I don't know. I'm curious if there's something crazy. along those lines going up. I'm sure a lot of people would think you're crazy when you said that, but I mean, hey, Mythbusters proved that plants like can read fucking minds. Look, there's another fucking link for it. Mythbusters plant reading mind. It hooked this um, Boom. this fern, I think, to up to an EKG machine or like some kind of thing where it could sense its senses, I guess. Right. And um. They sat there, and the guy pictured the plant on fire, and he pictured himself, like, cutting the plant in half and just going to town on this plant. And the shit spiked. And, like, it could... It fucking spiked when he thought about this. Right. Insanity. And yeah. back to the whole thing about how, like... Well, then there's also... There's also been experiments that people do, like, where you just have two plants, and, like, one plant you have, and, like, you know, you'll just say mean shit to it, like, you fucking piece of shit plant, like, you're not gonna grow, like, you're fucking, like, fuck you yeah, they plant. Did they did that, too. And then, you know, they'll go over to the other plant, they would be like, oh, you're such a great plant, like, you're gonna grow so full, you're beautiful, your leaves are healthy, da-da-da, just, like, being nice to this plant. And, like, visibly, you could watch the difference in the way they grow, like, the plant that you talk shit to grows significantly less, looks much less healthy, just, like, overall worse mm-hmm. the plant you talk healthy to looks like much more robust and shit and i think they even had a control plant but they didn't say anything to it and the plant you talk shit to was noticeably worse than the control plant and the plant you were loving to was noticeably better than the control plant so it's yeah. like wow like this is a notable effect like <laughs> what's going on here yeah the paper i wrote on the uh, hunting stuff last year for my english class um I was talking about how I opened it up saying how what is a living thing. So if you're not going to eat an animal because it's a living thing and you feel like that's wrong, then you can't eat a, you can't eat a head of lettuce. You can't eat a carrot because they're plants. They're living things. They grow. They consume nutrients. They take in carbon dioxide and they put out oxygen. Maybe they should, maybe they should just get really into like sun gazing. Yeah, just like a filter feed. Exactly, like Spongebob. You remember that episode? No, just fuck me? yeah. Just right. sitting there with his chip and penny. Oh fuck yeah, and the the tissue napkin, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And these plants outside I cited this in my paper too. These plants, they were like a little star thing. It looked like just an open five thing. And then I would walk by these plants every day and then every now and then they'd be closed. Right. And because they knew it was going to rain. Right. Either it, well, it was raining or it was raining. So they have senses. They can sense things. Oh, dude. Act in a coordination. I have a, uh, I have a little house plant. Yeah, I have a little house plant right behind me here that, unfortunately, is uh, not doing too well right now. I think he may be suffering from the old plant shock. Which, for those who don't know, if you ever purchase a house plant and bring it home and it just dies out of fucking nowhere, sometimes plants just go into plant shock where, like, you bring them to a new environment. They're like, hmm, I don't fuck with this. Peace out, and they just kill themselves. And, like, this plant just dies. But, um, it was the wildest thing when I first got it, because it's like, a, you know, obviously we don't have any video on this right now, but it's like, uh, it's got, like, these little long stems that are probably, like, six to eight inches long, 
and then it has this uh, leaf and on the top it's green it's like a light green with little dark green patterns on it and then the underneath side the underside of the leaf is purple and uh, depending on like the sunlight and whatnot that it would get that it would have the leaves would like go straight up so that I'll be sticking up kind of like uh, I don't know like if you had a bunch of feathers that you just like plunged into the yeah. dirt around each other and then other times they'd like lay all the way flat and so it would just be like this vertical kind of like plate and it was always just the wildest thing, like, yeah, how much just a plant can, like, sense and move yeah. around like that. I mean, so fuck, dude, like look a, at a Venus flytrap. They literally are carnivorous plants. That's badass. Have you ever had a Venus flytrap? In middle school, we had a class Venus flytrap. Nice. Yeah, dude. Have you ever, like, looked really closely at one and seen, like, how it works? Mm-hmm. Little sensors on it. Yeah, they got the little, like, they're, like, little teeny tiny hairs on the inside of, like, the mouth part. And if you just tickle them, even with, like, your pinky, they'll still go boop and close up. Yeah. Yeah. So... You're not going to eat an animal because it's a living thing. And you should probably stop eating plants, too. There's that argument. Busted. Like, it, it just, it makes no sense. I mean, and then people who eat fish, that thing, too. That whole barrier that they're underwater, so they're uh, on the same level. The as pescatarian that, thing? That walk on land, so it's okay if they suffer and die. Right, look at a whale, bro. Yeah. Whale's probably smarter than a couple of the people we got walking around this earth. Dolphins? Dolphins have different fucking dialects for where they live in they're the ocean, insanity. dude. Insanity. Yeah. That's I mean, they have different. They have different little dolphin dolphins. accents. Yeah. Dolphins are also fucked thing, up. Dolphins are mean as shit. Dolphins will fuck up some other dolphins. I like Rape the shit out of like some other dolphins, dolphins. Just breaking bad <laughs> on someone. Just like they can, they can do anything, and it's so cool. What a dolphin. Yeah. Does it go like dolphin tricks? Like, they're just, yeah, they're like, they're, they're humans in dolphins. Like, they can talk. They're so well-trained. They're so smart. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, that's one thing I always kind of felt weird about, too, like, going to the zoo. Like, even as a little kid, I always felt, like, kind of, like, melancholy, I guess, going to a zoo. Just, like, looking at all these animals, like, meandering around in, like, the little cage. I just look, like, a little bit sad. It's like, oh, man. Well, I wouldn't want to be in a cage. Exactly. Well, except for the snakes and shit. Snakes and shit were always cool as fuck to look at. I don't think they mind too much, as long as they're getting their mice and whatnot. I think yeah. I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah. But like Let's a big talk one. about this, uh, you want to talk about the Clemson thing, or? Oh, this Clemson feast that they had. And everyone's pissed off. With 300 it. different kinds of burgers. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Fast food president coming at you, dude. And he, fun, like, he bought that himself. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, if you don't think Trump could afford a Michelin star meal for a Clemson football team, well, what's funnier to me is that everybody's getting pissed off about this, but then all of, like, the head, like, the top Clemson players are just like, yeah, dude, it was fucking great. Like, I just got to go eat a bunch of fucking burgers and shit, hang out <laughs> with the president. Like, that's what's I, up. I saw this thing, and it was like, if you think Clemson football team is mad about having to go to the White House and eat burgers with their billionaire president who fucks porn stars, then you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. People who are pissed off and think it was a sign of disrespect, you're just looking for something. You gotta, I mean... Everybody's looking for something nowadays, man. I mean, yeah. shit, I'm even looking for stuff. Like, that's why I've taken a step back from politics. I realized, I was like, fuck, man. Like, my perspective on things that I was interested in, which are typically, like, economics and, like, the like student debt and, like, just kind of what's going on globally with the money and the way it's all shifting around, like, dirty money, clean money, just, like, what's going on with all that was uh you know especially i noticed this with the start of the uh the trump election and presidency and so forth is when i really started to get a lot more into politics and you know i, I 
just was like right wing. I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm like libertarian, Republican, whatnot, but uh, definitely like more on the conservative side of things. And I just realized that the more I went down the rabbit hole, I was starting to like defend things or maybe argue for things that I wasn't uh, like wasn't terribly well thought out on. And so like I'd have these arguments that I'd like I'd kind of be able to start off, but then once the ball got rolling, I wouldn't be able to like really um, defend my idea with any facts or like basis or anything like that. And it kind of just turned into a I wouldn't say a nonsensical argument, but just an argument not based on fact and reason and more based on like uh, just like feeling or dominance of the argument of who's going to win the battle between those two people. And so uh, I'm kind of like, where do we start off with this? I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, we started off with Clemson football. Um, mm, Nope, it's going out the door. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought the Clemson football thing was fucking hilarious, and I mean, you know, we're in a government shutdown right now, so there's nobody there to cook the food, and yeah, I mean, I don't really think that a bunch of 22-year-old football players would have given a shit about a Michelin star meal. They are probably much happier with, you know, yeah. some fast food that felt fucking great, because they probably can't eat it, generally speaking, during the season, because of their yeah. weight or whatever, I don't know. I don't know, organized sports work like that. You do, you do what, uh, basketball, right? Basketball and baseball? No, I'm on the club baseball team. Okay, so okay. We do our own thing. But, yeah, Clemson football, that's probably a whole other fucking world. I watched this thing with Just Alabama. that whole world of college like sports, dude. scenes preseason thing. And they went in to eat, and they were like, you have your choice of lobster or steak. Which one would you like? So, <laughs> yeah, so also in the college athletes should get paid thing. That's, that, put that shit for better. You fucking steak and lobster. Right. While going to college for free, right? They're they're getting money, and if you want to get a bunch of twenty-two year old testosterone jacked up superstars that are literally the fucking bees knees of their school, if you want to give them any kind of money at all and not expect them to get in trouble, get a DUI, smoke some weed. I mean, you're foolish. Yeah, you want to go ahead, go ahead and give them money. I dare you. See how long these players last. Right. One thing that. uh... One thing that I was actually thinking, I think I was thinking about it earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday or something like that, but uh, just like the cohesion and the, the teamwork that is required to go into a team like that. Because, you know, I did I did like football in middle school and elementary school and stuff like that, where, you know, like you're part of a team and so forth. Like it's fun because you're all playing football on the same team and stuff, but it's not, it's not the same. You don't have the same brain development that you do when you're in college or when you're in, you know, like your senior year of high school and so forth when you're like, really there with all those guys and your coaches really putting in an effort to make sure that you all mesh super well because on the field, you know, you have to work as a whole unit. Like, you guys all need to work in unison. You all need to be directly focused on the same goal and make sure that every single person is on the same page at each moment. So that way, when you get to, uh, you know, to playing the game and so forth, you're all working in unison and in action with each other to make sure that, you know, you can achieve the goal that it is you're looking for. And that... That type of teamwork there is always something that I, or maybe now I'm just finding myself um, a little bit regretful of like not partaking in more just for the experience of that, like working together with a bunch of people like that towards a united goal. And I mean, I guess, you know, you get the same with like a job or if you're working on something with a couple of buddies, but I feel like for the extreme effort and output that's put into something like sports, you know, where you're just putting it all on the line physically, like there's just so much more that gets put into that. I just feel like it's a really incredible experience to be able to feel. Yeah, fucking blockers. I mean, do you feel the same way doing sports? Is it like not quite uh, the same doing club or like what? Yeah, especially since not having, like, I am our head coach. 
So, like, trying to get. Oh, no shit. You're the head coach? Yeah, so, like, getting <coughs> people your age to listen to you. And <coughs> oh, I bet that's a bitch in and of itself. Yeah, a whole other dynamic than Saban or Dabo or anything like that. Then. And what? You've played baseball since when? Out of the fucking womb, man. <laughs> Born with a baseball bat in the hands. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to brag or nothing. I'm just saying, you know, back in the day when I was like five, six years old or so, I was in the, I was in the local paper for some t-ball, you know. Fuck I'm not saying I'm a champion or nothing. I'm just saying I may have been, may or may not have been on the front page, you know. T-ball world champ, son. Oh, you champions. Fucking. Champ. What else we got going on here? Oh, dude, did you listen? Please tell me. Please tell me you listened to the uh, Mike Tyson Joe Rogan podcast. No. Oh, dude. I've listened to a lot of uh, Theo Vaughn. Oh, dude, Theo Vaughn's great. He makes me feel like I'm back in Summerduck every time I listen to him. Yeah, he's so fucking funny, man. He always just reminds me of growing up out there in the middle of buttfuck nowhere because he's just like so many people out there in that area. Just like, yeah, yeah you just got to make your own fucking entertainment, man, because there's nothing out there. So, like, you just got to start saying yeah. some ridiculous shit to make other people laugh or else you're just going to be bored as fuck out there. Yeah, he'll be wow. like... You never live until you pluck a chicken under a full moon. You know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he'll just be like, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> what? No one knows. Yeah. No, but uh, fucking Mike Tyson, man, he's crazy. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's got some gray in his beard now. You know, he's still got his funny sounding voice. Also, I just learned today he also has a fucking cartoon. Did you know that? Yeah, saw that. Am I like the only person that didn't know about Mike Tyson's cartoon? I've never watched it. I just heard about it. Dude, it's like Scooby-Doo, but with Mike Tyson as the head character. as like the main character. And he's just saying all this ridiculous shit. Like, uh, at one point, yeah, I guess he has like this little adopted daughter or something like that in the show. And she's Korean. And he was saying, he's like asking, he's like, hey, like, is this Chinese? And she's like, I don't know, I'm Korean. He's like, well, that's the type of Chinese. <laughs> like, uh. and then, and, and, like, later in the episode, they were down in Nicaragua. And he said something, he's like, oh no, we gotta save the people in Mexico. And the guy was like, this is Nicaragua. He's like, well, that's the type of Mexico. <laughs> like, the whole thing, dude. It just, it sounds just like his personality. I've listened to that podcast and it was great. But, um, no, you know, so like, he's just known as being this fucking savage and like this world-renowned boxer, you know, he's a boxing heavyweight champion, like 19 or 20 years old, like the youngest ever in the world. And, uh, just he talks about how when he was 13 years 12 13 years old you know like this 70 year old boxing like head coach like world renowned guy kind of like took him under his wing was like oh i'm gonna make you a fucking champion like you're gonna be the next world champion and so he talks about how they would they would he was like a legit hypnotist like he was certified in hypnotism so he talks about how they would like he would lay down and they would put him under into hypnosis and then he would be like uh you know they just tell him like you know you're gonna be a complete savage in the ring, like, you're just gonna tap into this space of, like, complete dominance and aggression and fearlessness, and you're just gonna go in there and wreck whoever else is in the ring there. And, you know, in the state of hypnosis, I guess what you do, I'm not an expert or anything like that, I've only kind of heard what I've heard from other people talking about it, but, uh, I guess it's like, you know, you just kind of, like, lay down, and they just put you in this space of, like, openness, so, like, your brain is just open to accepting new ideas, and that's exactly what they do, is they just tell you these new ideas and in the state that you've been put in you're you know very susceptible to actually having these things like go into your mind and body and like be accepted i guess and so uh 
yeah, he just said that was like the start of it. And he just went off the fucking rails from there. You know, he's doing like all kinds of coke and drugs and just like smoking weed and drinking heavy and fucking all kinds of girls and just like going off the rails. You know, he had like that picture of him in his underwear holding a tiger on a fucking chain, just like looking like a madman. And he's like, yeah, dude, like I was just insane back then. Like he's like, uh, and then he talked about how he did a bunch of five MEO DMT which is like an extremely powerful psychedelic. He's like, yeah, you know, like we got the toads and everything. He's like, and I just did it a bunch of times in one day. He's like, and since then, he's like, you know, I just want to love everybody. Like, I just came to this realization, like, I don't want to be that crazy aggressive guy anymore. Like, I just, you know, I'm just like doing my thing. He's opened up his own weed company now. He's just like super calm. He's like, I don't even like work out anymore. He's like, I don't like who I turn into, like when I'm in that zone. He's like, you know, my ego comes back to me and I just start thinking like, oh, like I'm the best fucking dude in the world like he's like it's just not a good place to be it's just it was really crazy to see him kind of talk about his whole journey and just like see where he's at now and how he's i just seems like a very calm peaceful person as opposed to being you know like a dominating boxing world champion like he was it's you know throwing these 11 second knockouts and shit yeah yeah he's he's pretty fucking crazy i've seen videos not that one on the podcast but i've seen videos of him where he's dropped acid at 11 did just psycho psycho shit yeah <laughs> he was talking about it's like oh yeah i love mushrooms and like all kinds of, he's just he has talked about how, like i said he started doing like smoking weed and drinking when he was like 10 or 11 started doing coke and shit when he was like 12 years old because his mom was an alcoholic and just like he was just off the rails fuck yeah um all right well we're at about uh almost an hour now i'd say that uh say that we're at a pretty good point to close it up here b Russ, you uh you got anything you want to shout out anything like that any like social media whatever anything you want well, the people uh, to know about podcast has inspired me me and dylan me and old ram after after we graduate are gonna make a podcast oh yeah can't really shout it out yet but it's it's in the works i guess I got you. What, do, what do y'all plan on making that about just some just some general goonery You there? I said, "What do you plan on making that podcast about? What's the what's the subject base going to be?" All right. Well, I think we're starting to lose B Russ. So, uh, like you said, he is going to start a podcast eventually uh, once he graduates with him and his boy uh, Dylan. Um, this has been episode thirteen. I think we have another episode actually coming out tomorrow once again with the boy Fink. And uh, we will catch you later, people. Enjoy it. Peace out.